Welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's the latest about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game. It's a good bet Dave's a little jealous of Clay's recent quest success. Oh, it's (laughs) killing me. It is killing me. But it's an equal team quest, and I want to remind you that it's an always a we thing, okay? So. You want to do a little fish math, Dave? No fish math. <laughs> uh, we have shovels of things to talk about today. We are going to discuss the two fish that we have gotten for the quest. Uh, welcome a new fish nerd member, uh, Nick, who is helping us out with sound engineering. Very awesome. Yay! We need yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, and we have a good stump the fish nerds question that was called in. Um, then we're, we'll talk about Clay's experiment in guiding. Ooh. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> and we have a sponsor of this podcast. Clay, you want to do the honors for the first one? Yeah, well, why don't we build up to that one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but so it'll there's... be Thrive Outdoor Products. It will be the sponsor. <laughs> I don't Boy, just a coffee. teaser. Just, just a, teaser. a little teaser there. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, strategic. Uh, then we'll talk about our whitefish hunt. We went out hunting whitefish today. Lots of good stories, not a lot of fish. Um, then we'll talk about the challenge of cooking minnows, a Kickstarter project coming up, as well as fish in the news, and this week in Fish Nerd Nation. Lots of stuff to talk about. Wow, that is a lot of stuff. Where do we start? <laughs> well, we start about the first, uh, the, the two new quest fish. What's two, up? Two new quest fish. Well... Just as a reminder for new listeners, we should always go back in time and remind you what the quest is. So right. for those who don't know, who aren't already part of the Fish Nerd Nation, Dave and I went on a quest in 2011 to catch and eat every species of freshwater fish in New Hampshire. Sounded simple then. Sounds simple now. <laughs> and turns out we gave ourselves one year to do it, and one year wasn't nearly enough time. So here we are in 2013. We're at fish number 44 as of today. Because yay! Just, yay, because just a couple of days ago, we picked up fish number 42. No, sorry, 43. I lost track already. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we don't live in a state with more fish. Oh, gosh, it's crazy. But we picked up the last two fish a few days ago. We picked up a northern red belly dace and a fine scale dace. Dave, tell them the difference between those two fish. Okay, so... Uh, a, a northern red-bellied dace is very distinct. It, it's, it's a minnow-looking fish, large eye, um, a dark stripe through it, and a small fish found in, in a uh, in swampy habitat. A fine-scale dace is very distinctive. It's got a big eye, it's a silver little <laughs> fish with a black line, and lives in a uh, swampy habitat. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> they live in the same habitat, they share the same watershed, and they hybridize together. Yes. So they're very difficult to kill tell apart. Like, really and difficult. Really difficult. So much so that the, the fisheries biologists, now these are the guys that see fish, you know, in their sleep. They see so many fish. Um, they even say, yeah, I don't know. We, we really, they're really difficult to tell the difference. Well, in the field, you really can't. Uh, in a laboratory, you can. They usually dissect them and they measure the intestinal length. And one of them has a longer intestine than the other. That's the giveaway. So if you're good at eyeballing intestine, you know, looking <laughs> but, at something and going, ah, I bet that intestine is about yay long. But that would require you to catch two fish exactly the same size. Otherwise, your comparison's off. Yeah, that's true. So uh, so we did not get into intestinal measuring. No, but 
So I drove to Colebrook the other day with, well, actually, a week and a half ago, I drove to Colebrook and I had uh, my, my micro fishing gear. I had number 20 hook on my line, old tiny sliver wart, a worm. Colebrook, by the way, if you don't know, is near Canada <laughs> <laughs> from where I live. It's about 100 miles from my house. It's a two hour drive. It's long, long way away. And there's nothing between my house and there. Yeah, it's um, it, it's one, it's maybe one of my favorite spots in New Hampshire because it reminds me of home back in Indiana. Uh, the the uh, Connecticut River Valley is right there, and so it's this kind of wide river valley, pretty rural. Some uh, you know, cattle farms here and there, and other farms here and there. Um, I it, it has a really nice vibe. I like it there. Yeah, I like it, but I don't want to go back. So, no. <laughs> but I drove all the way up there. And the reason I went there is because Fishing Game gave us some data and told us those fish live in a little in a little pond in Colebrook. So I drove there, had all my gear with me, and I threw a line in the water, and I kept seeing all these teeny tiny fish. I mean, they were really teeny tiny fish. And so teeny tiny that number 20 hook, I couldn't catch them on. And number 20 hook is a really tiny hook. Really tiny. So I grabbed one with my bare hands, because that's the kind of guy I am. I took its picture, let it go. One of the quest rules, if you don't know, is we have to catch all the fish using a legal method. And catching fish by hands is not legal. Yes. Which is why yeah. I let it go. <laughs> so, so I let it go, drove all the way home, emailed the picture to a few people, our our fish nerds uh, Facebook page, some biologists, confirmed it was the fish we needed. So then last Friday, my daughter and I, my three-year-old daughter and I, drove all the way back to Colebrook with a number... 32 hook wow which is really little yeah that i think that's about the smallest one they make it might be uh, but we did even better than that we went to north country angler a local fly shop and we said how would you catch this fish and of course they said well i would fly fish for it because i don't want to catch fish <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so they recommended i tie a uh, fly um to look like a little nematode a little worm a little white worm oh white nematode nice yes. genius Br- brilliant so i did and I, I found my father-in-law's father's, I guess my grandfather-in-law's, old fly tying kit. And a really fun kit to go through. It has polar bear fur and all kinds of crazy stuff in it. But, <laughs> but I skipped all the polar bear fur. I used a little piece of thread. I tied a piece of th- white thread on the hook. That was, wow. my, that was my fly. Wow, nice. I know. So we Wait, drove, wait. You, you get to name it, right? <gasps> oh, yeah. Let's name the fly. <laughs> That's right. Because you, get you, can't to name call it. It, you can't call it nematode. No, we we got to come up with some better name. No, you need like stringy Mc White thing or a stringy McPherson. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a good name. Like they have like, like they don't call caddisflies caddisflies, right? They call them like uh, uh, gray ghosts, and I don't know even understand any of the languages. <laughs> did I ever tell? Did I ever tell you about the the fly I invented? No. Yeah, so I I used to tie flies, um, and I invented a fly. It was a number six hook, and I took a button. <laughs> and, I, and I glued a button to the front of it and uh, and then made a woolly bugger uh, on the back end, right? And uh-huh. a woolly bugger is this big kind of fluffy fluffy thing that imitates crayfish and things. But it was really cool because when you, when you reeled it in or stripped the line in, the button caused it to, to wobble, right? And uh, so it would wobble through the water kind of like a big popper. Got a wo- uh, wobble bugger? Yeah, it was well. <laughs> the the name was a five hundred one. Oh, from the jeans. Yeah, it's a button fly. Oh, I love it. 
and you invented it. I did, yeah. As far as I know, so I, I have, I still have a couple of the five hundred ones around. But did, um, did you catch a fish on it? Yes, yes. Hey, they were, right. they were actually pretty good for bass. Anything's good for bass. <laughs> yeah, no, you could drop your car keys and catch a bass. You could. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I, I don't fly fish. So and and I and I used a fly rod too. And the reason I used a fly rod because I asked North Country Angler, and they give me a hard time. They say, "How come you don't fly fish when you're a fish?" And I just don't do it. And uh, so I said, well, if I use a Tenkara rod, am I fly fishing? And they said, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you bastards. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, we think it is at the fly shop. But Fish and Game had a hearing specifically about Tenkara rods uh, because people wanted to use them in the fly fishing only sections of the rivers. And and for people that don't know, Tenkara, there was a book recently that was done on Tenkara fishing and and it's it's gotten a lot of press because uh, some guy brought this over here from from uh, Japan, and it's this ancient Japanese early fly fishing technique. I mean, it's a cane pole, is what it is. I mean, it's just a big, long, flexible pole that um, that you f- you flip flies with. Uh, there's no reel; it's just line to the end of a pole. You tie a piece of string on a stick, yeah. and if you tankara means. Cost Tenkara hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. The way we do it costs ten bucks. So there's a difference. <laughs> what we do is we tie a piece of string to a stick and catch a lot of fish. But with uh, your Tenkara fishing, you have to spend a lot of money to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen some of those rods up into the thousand dollars. Yeah, and they, I, I, they bet they work great. Yep. So does our ten dollar rod. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I wanted to fly fish because I wanted to be able to say I fly fished for. This tiny fish. Right. So I got my fly rod out. We drove all the way up to Colebrook, my daughter and I, my dog, Abby the Wonder Dog. And the fish were right in the same spot. It was easy. Threw the line in the water. The fish immediately, big school of them, started nailing this little tiny piece of string. Wow, that's often. You, you mean the, the stringy McGinty? Stringy McGinty. We'll work on this name a little bit more. <laughs> I don't think I like that. <laughs> you don't like stringy McGinty? Well, I like it a little. but not, I, not, I knew no. a guy, McGinty, he was stringy. Yeah, I don't like him. All right. <laughs> so, but we threw it, and all these little fish are coming in and nailing it, but they were still too small for the hook. Yeah. Still too small. They were tiny. So what we did was I let them bite the string, and I used a string to catch them, and I pulled them in over a net, and I used a net to land them. So not quite on the hook, but still but, caught them on the fly. Yeah, I, I think that's completely legal. The um, a really successful fly for gar is a piece of rope, and you uh, you tie up a piece of rope on a hook, and then they get their teeth stuck in the rope, and then you can just pull them in, and they they don't get hooked either. So, so I, I think you uh, fishing with a Thready Thompson uh, worked really well. <laughs> Thready Thompson, <laughs> I like that better. Getting warmer, getting warmer. <laughs> we'll work on that. So, but anyway, so I got them, and I got four of them. And then we drove home. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Come on, kid. Let's go. Oh, well, it, it really, with it, I had to be home in time to pick my other kid up from school. I don't have time to fish all the time. And that was really far away. But the cool thing is, knock two more fish off our list. Very leaving, cool. Very Leaving cool. just four fish left. Once we do that, we would have, we'll have caught and eaten every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire. Yes, and that's 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 awesome. And I think it was awesome that you were able to catch both species <laughs> right, right there. I mean, ah, it was controversy. It was, yeah. it was a miracle, but it was great because uh, you know I challenged somebody to prove us otherwise. 
Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the pond is a private farm pond, and I had to go knock on the door of, of this farmer's house and get permission to fish it. <laughs> that's so, got to be that's got to be a good conversation. So they were very cool. Like they, I gave them my car, told them I was a fish rider. I said, "Can I fish in your pond?" And they said, "Sure." And I could drive my car up on their grass and down around the pond and fish. It was easy. Now, did you tell them what you were fishing for? Yeah, and I showed them a picture too. Oh, what did they say? Yeah, we have those. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the conversation, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, the, so. that that's great. So, good now, story, good fish. All good. It's all good. And now we got to eat them. Yes. Yeah. And we, we got to come up with a good recipe for dace. Ooh. And we've been using alliteration as our guide for most of what we've been doing. So do we try to do alliteration with the with a uh, northern red belly dace? I, I, you know, maybe dace dip dace. would be a, appropriate. I was thinking uh, Holland dace sauce. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We can make a dace daiquiri. <laughs> Dacery. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. <laughs> so we'll, we'll still figure it out, but uh, but that that is awesome. That was awesome. So, uh, hey, let's welcome uh, Nick, our new sound engineer on board here. So, hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hello. Thank you for doing this. Nick's a great guy. Uh, lives in North Conway. Been a friend of mine for a bunch of years. Got a couple of kids. Um, and... We put it out on Facebook looking for some help with our podcast. He's kind of a audio nerd. He has a basement studio, so he's volunteered to help us out. So we're super excited to have him uh, on board with us. Once again, Fish Nerds coming through, help, helping helping the cause. You know, it takes a nation to run a podcast. Yep, got to share the nerd love, nerd love. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. Thanks. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, boy. So we have to jump right into Stump the Fish Nerds? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Stump the Fish Nerds. All right, well, we got two Stump the Fish Nerds questions this week. Okay. And I should announce, I should announce, uh, starting on our next podcast, podcast number 17, oh. until probably Thanksgiving, anyone who calls in with a Stump the Fish Nerd question will be entered to win a box of handmade um, ice fishing tip-ups. Oh, so, wow. That yeah. sounds like a great deal. Beautiful. Made out of cherry. They've never seen water because I can't figure out how to use them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're awesome. They're pretty. I'll put a picture up on Facebook and see if we can't increase this segment of, uh, of Stump the Fish Nerds. So, oh, that, that's great. Handmade tip-ups. Handmade tip-ups, awesome. yeah. I think they require snow, though, so you have to have snow to use with them. So, yeah. Wow, that, that's impressive. That's, um, I, I may send in a question. You, you can have them. <laughs> so, so i think i gave them away last year once and no one and the person never picked them up so, so <laughs> i was i was gonna mention that yeah. that i had recalled yeah. that these have been around for a while but uh yeah. you know that 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 is nothing uh no commentary on their quality because no. they are uh they're cherry yeah, and well this is only good in the uh lower 48 states so <laughs> our worldwide listeners I, I can't afford to ship them to england or Oh, I get France it. France or whatever. You don't get ice there anyway. So all the caveat. All the, it's always a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Many will enter, few will win. That's what they always say. Is, is one a few? <laughs> so. It's quite a few. All I right. mean, you know. <laughs> it is. So stump the fish nerds. We have two today this week. Um 
The first one, it came from Facebook from our friend Stacy, and she says, Help me, fish nerds. I cooked trout last night in my kitchen, and now I can't get the stink out. What should I do? And we put that on our Facebook page <laughs> looking for answers. Her friends all had all these great answers about using chlorine and bleach and all these cover-up stuff. and Febreze, Febreze man. Yeah, Febreze and all that stuff, and none of that stuff's going to help her. Oh, so Dave, do you know the answer to this? I only know the answer because I was dutifully watching um, you responding to to folks because uh, you you did a little bit of research. I did, I did, and um, and and I do not want to take the credit for this because it's it's all you. You came up with it. I did not. So one of our fans came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are humble people. Ah, uh, I'll take credit though. But hey, I'm, okay. I'm announcing it, so therefore I own credit for this. Just like, all right, you know anyone else <laughs> so it's, it, vinegar is the answer vinegar so vinegar. soak the house in vinegar you can soak that we you, you can put it in a spray bottle and wash your countertops with vinegar a little vinegar water solution yeah you can boil vinegar on your stove uh but yeah vinegar just spray things with vinegar when the vinegar evaporates it takes the stink away with it and it's all better simple as great that. yeah easy so, what, what do you use to get rid of the vinegar smell time <laughs> so have a beer. Don't worry about it. Have a beer. Go outside. Take a walk. When you come back, smells gone. So vinegar nice. is the answer. I don't know why, but it works. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Do, you, do we know? Um, now, the the other thing is when you get that fish smell on your hands yep. from the fish slime. Do we know if vinegar helps that? Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Of course. Yes, it does. Yep. All right. The um, you know, I my personal solution for the fish slime thing. I know I'm 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 doing extra stump stump information here. This is a giveaway. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Is uh, dishwashing uh, automatic dishwashing liquid, uh, the lemon scent that seems to work very very well to cut fish. You slime. just put it right on your hands and rub it in. Yep, put it right on my hands, especially if I have a cutting board that's been all slimed up. Put it right on there, and it really cuts it, and 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 then the lemon seems to neutralize it. Oh, well, it's, it's interesting because the lemon I definitely would, would think would work. You could probably just skip it a whole thing and just use a lemon. Yeah. So. But, uh, but you know, automatic dishwashing detergent is like super, super soapy. So. You know what's interesting about that? What? It's funny you brought that up because my <laughs> wife, Kristen, my wife, <laughs> has, has, <laughs> we're going like all natural with cleaners and using vinegar cleaners. We make our own um, laundry detergent. We started making our own dishwasher detergent. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, it looks great, but our dishes are not getting very clean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is possible my dishwasher is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but it but could be. There's There seems to be a timing correlation <laughs> with the switchover and soap, so we'll have to do some experimenting with that. But we're not using any harsh chemicals, and so at least the soap that we're chewing on is clean. Nice. So, yeah. So anyway, that's sidebar. So that's our first up the fish nerds question. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one's a uh, audio recording. An right? audio recording. I can't play it, Dave, because my uh, stuff isn't working. Can you get it on your iPhone? Uh, no, but we will assume Nick can splice it in. All right, Nick. <laughs> at, at this point, please place it in <laughs> the audio file that we sent you. Hello, fish nerds. Tim Moore calling from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. My question to you guys is, at the mouth of Portsmouth Harbor, between the main shoreline 
and Wood Island, there are some square structures that stick up out of the water. What were those built for? All right. Good question. Wow, that was Tim from uh, Seacoast Guide Service with a really (laughs) good Stump the Fish Nerd question. (laughs) Tim, it's, it's, it's a stumpy one. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's funny though. You mentioned that I actually happen to know this one. Uh, and I, I know it because I've, I've been on a couple of those Harbor tours. The university of New Hampshire runs discovery tours where if anybody has a chance to catch one of these, uh, they have a research boat that they, uh, you can figure out how to get on a discovery tour. And, um, they talk about those as being submarine deterrents. And um, I've always heard that they were the anchors for submarine nets. That in World War One or World War Two, they strung nets across Portsmouth so the enemy subs wouldn't sneak in. And uh, and then I also heard that the crib structures were built on that ridge that runs out to Woods Island uh, to kind of prevent boats from zipping across it at high tide too. So they were really planning on uh, having to defend Portsmouth Harbor pretty pretty severely and there they that's been happening for hundreds of years right there's fort stark that was built out there fort constitution um so uh portsmouth harbor you don't want to mess with portsmouth harbor nope don't try to get their beer <laughs> but a submarine net can you imagine i i checked online to see if i could see what one would look like but it, it's got to be huge mesh i mean i'm sure fishing game has regulations on it i was uh, going to say that it had to be a certain <laughs> width you can only use them certain months of the year yeah. <laughs> and subs can when, only be <laughs> subs can only sub it's gonna be the right size sub so you can't you know <laughs> scuba divers can swim through no problem personal submersible machines you can't keep those the only large nuclear subs you know <laughs> subs must be returned to the water that they were uh extracted from and yeah, uh, no invasive subs you can't transplant <laughs> subs <laughs> right yeah uh, so right. lot, lots of sub rules you have to check with Fish and Game on that. But, right. And that, by the way, that was Tim calling in. He knew the answer to that question before. Oh, he in. knows. He knows. He was trying to stump us. He was trying, but we are tough. Well, we, and what, what, what we'll do is we'll schedule a time to give him a call back and we'll see if we're right. Because we really don't know if we're right. We know. <laughs> well, I, I assume. <laughs> I always assume correctness. <laughs> but we'll we'll call him back and uh hear it right from him if if he thinks that was the right answer or not. So All right. I I love it if he has a different answer. Oh, I know. That that would be good. And then we can um, accuse him of making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh he's been killing it. I was talking to we a friend of mine is a client of his. He's a Seacoast guide service out here. And Vero, her name's Vero. She's this French woman that is is like a super sports woman. And uh today, Clay, I was talking to her. And this, I don't know if this is a segue into our whitefish hunt or not, but it should be because I was talking with her today and she, she went fishing this morning with Tim. Yeah, I saw the pictures on Facebook. If you guys, <laughs> if you guys are on Facebook, we'll share them out from his guide service page. They killed them. They killed them. <laughs> Literally killed them. I mean, they took the fish home. <laughs> and she is, she is like a fish's nightmare, you know, like <laughs> she was telling me that uh, just the other day, they her and her husband were walking down by the pond and uh, he was just casting around they caught a nice large mouth and she she whipped out a pocket knife and flipped it right there uh you know it's funny because we're so used to our culture of catch and release catch and release catch and release it's almost refreshing to see people eating a fish once in a while oh yeah and she's, you know, I, she's I like catch and release but it's also nice to see people enjoying everything about fishing 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we eat lots of animals, and, and to do it yourself is really cool. And she was telling me that she cooks them in parchment paper. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, so we're, we'll have to get her on Fish Nerds, and uh, she can she can tell us how she cooks it. But, uh, yeah, she only uses parchment paper and kind of wraps them up and does a bunch of French stuff to it. So Cool. It's cool. Sounds great. Good. But we didn't kill them today. <laughs> we did not kill them today. But before we do that story, I want to talk about Thrive Outdoor products. Do it. Okay. I don't know much about them yet. <laughs> but they're going to be our first sponsor. Yay! Uh, starting in our next podcast. This is just a preview. Uh, if you're interested in checking out Thrive Outdoor products, for now, just go to Facebook and just do a search for Thrive Outdoor products. Like their page. You can see some of their initial products they're going to be putting out. Um, looks like mostly apparel, like, like shirts and tea hats, stickers, that sort of thing. But they're going to branch out from there. So next week, we'll have a commercial for them on the air. We'll read on the air, our first one, which we're excited about. Uh, but in the meantime, show a little love to them. Hit their Facebook page, Thrive Outdoor Products. Hit the like button. Tell them the Fish Nerd sent you, and that way they can feel good about supporting us. So You know, it, it's American that. to support entrepreneurship. I'm just saying. Yeah, and they're from California, so we're, we're national. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about... Uh, our hunting today, Dave. Yes. Yeah, so we went up to our favorite lake, Silver Lake. I hate that lake. <laughs> oh, I hate Silver Lake. <laughs> Silver Lake is the um, is the beauty queen of the lakes. Uh-huh. It's the uh, it's the homecoming queen. It's it's the it's the girl in high school that you followed around, just loved to be around, and but there was just nothing happening. Right, it's pretty, it smells nice, but there's nothing going on. <laughs> there's nothing going on. No luck, nothing. Nothing. Big lake, it's an absolutely beautiful lake. And we got out there, wind was blowing lightly. Dave has his tripod out, he's ready to take some pictures. Because we, we have very few pictures of the two of us together. Yes. Very few. I think maybe four. So, <laughs> well, now Dave, we have five. Now we have five. So we're taking all these pictures, and they come out okay. We're joking around a lot. And uh, we... We finish that up, and we start putting the boat in the water, and this old guy comes up with his binoculars. And he goes, do you guys see that? And we said, see what? He goes, see that moose? (laughs) And we're like, oh, come on. We're like, what moose? (laughs) Oh, he swam right past you in the water while you were playing on the beach. (laughs) And we're like, yeah, He's a little crazy. We, you know, it was mid morning. We thought he was hitting the sauce a little early. Um, I mean, a moose going across. He um, described this moose with his big rack of antlers swimming across the lake right behind us. <laughs> so I come home and I load up the pictures, and sure enough, there's a damn moose in the background <laughs> of our pictures. Uh, we were like, we're we're joking around. We would we didn't even look behind us the whole time. It's a stupid moose. <laughs> And, you know, as we're in this Internet age, we're always striving for that thing, you know, that 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 image, that something that's going to go viral, that people really pass around. That was it, Clay. It was right there. That was it. So instead, we got this tiny brown dot (laughs) next to your ear in a picture. And we're like, that's a moose. I swear it's a moose. And no one's ever going to believe us. I know, because it's, yeah, it is that kind of like Bigfoot splotch going by. It is. But in our heart. It's a moose. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, it's clear it's something big out there. And there's what there's one special one picture you definitely see the profile of the moose nose. <laughs> but uh, dang it, that and that's the story of that lake. You know, so close yet so far. You yeah. know, well, so unluckiest we gotta... lake. Oh, I hate it. I hate that lake. I think we need to stop fishing that lake. I I think you're right. So, but we we went out on our boat. Uh, had the fish finder run. Dave brought a heavier anchor to fight the wind. And we drove that thing all over the place. I think we spotted with the fish finder, we might have marked five fish in about four hours' time. Yep, and that was you know doing the the sub search maneuvers back and forth, back and forth. And uh, most it, of that was nothing. I mean, it was no fish. It's like a big giant bowl of sand with nothing in it. Yeah, crazy. And uh, you know we had drop down rigs. We had really heavy weights. We had like two and four ounce weights that were. Uh, Stupid they were getting thing. us. <laughs> they were getting us to the bottom. That's for sure. They were, and, indeed, yeah. <laughs> and because the last time we went out with not heavy enough weights, and you couldn't even tell if you were on the bottom. But uh, this one, I think you could hear them thump. You could um, hear it, and and but nothing. We didn't see a yellow perch. We didn't see anything. It was just working for nothing. And it's an impressive lake. I mean, we ended up in 160 feet of water at um, one point. Yeah, there was no fish there either. No, no. <laughs> it's a lot of water. It's deep. You know, Dave, I think everyone's going to listen to this and go, I think Dave and Clay are hiding the best fishing spot in the state. <laughs> we keep saying bad things about Silver Lake. Let's it's go got to be there. awesome. I say go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Prove us wrong. Good, good luck. And there are people who love that lake. Yes. But they're wrong. They're crazy. They, <laughs> they're, they see moose. They see moose. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, man, it was so windy and it was just, it was fun, but man. It's so disheartening. You're chasing this fish. We're going for whitefish, which in New Hampshire, extremely rare. And we've been on that lake so many times for the stupid fish. Just comes up nothing. Just like this conversation. We're just feeling like, come on, come on, give us something. And then nothing. 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 No love. Nothing. So I don't know what we're going to do with that whitefish. I think, I, I think we need help. Well, I think we do. And uh, you had a really good idea. Well, I always do. You do. <laughs> and it's because you've been, you've been making friends with the Newfound Circus. Right. So there's an online group called the Newfound Circus. It's a bunch of ice fisher men and women from Newfound Lake who just get together all winter and fish like crazy, mostly for lake trout and salmon. Uh, not salmon, lake trout and uh, rainbow trout. Yeah, and they're out there. You know, they report all you know all night. They're out there. They have all these stories. Oh, you know, so and so did this and that. And it, it's a real, it's an entertaining thread on the uh, the local f ice fishing. It's called IceShanty.com. Ice Shanty, that's right. Yeah, but and they have their, their own thread. Their own thread, and they're very busy. But I think what we'll do is I, I'm friends with them now. I think I'll reach out to them and say, "Hey, nerds," because they are. You want to talk nerds? <laughs> These are newfound nerds. I'm going to almost, you can't put a bounty on a fish, but I can say, tell you what, you guys catch this fish legally, take pictures. The second you ca catch it, you call Clay. That's me. I'm going to come to see you. We're going to kill that thing and eat it. <laughs> and they'll now become quest members. They can be deputized into the quest. Yeah. And, and you, we'll, you got to save a bite for me, though. I mean, I, I, you I still, gotta have something. You get the eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we'll save you some because that's part of the quest. Is we both have to eat the fish. So yeah. But man, and if we could just get that fish, we'd be so so happy. So we're gonna deputize them. Deputize to give them a little badge. 
We ought to send him badges. We ought to we ought to send him fish nerd badges <laughs> and spurs. <laughs> See him walking across. Yes. Well, you're all up around here, are you? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we're fine looking yellow perch you got there. <laughs> so we're going to enlist an army to catch our whitefish. That's right. We need we need help. So uh, the other fish we're after are Teslay darters, swamp darters, and creek chub suckers. Yep. And if those you guys know how to catch those fish on a hook, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, well, the darters, I think the microfishing crew people uh, have caught darters on hooks. But I honestly have never seen a, a person on the internet catch a creek chub sucker on a hook. Nope. <laughs> so, might not be possible. It may not be possible. I think if it is, we'll do it, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Wow, so much going on here. Let's move forward a little bit here. I agree. Why don't we skip right to fish in the news? Fish in the news. <laughs> so the Huffington Post posted a story, and this you know this is how this is how rumors get started, right? So the Huffington Post ran a story um, just uh, the other day. Actually, it was uh, the twenty fourth. So oh, today, we're <laughs> um, so up to date. It was what? I said, we're so up to date. We are up to date. If we could only get our podcast onto the (laughs) internet on time, we would feel so current. (laughs) But, you know, uh, 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 Nick's going to help us with that. Nick will solve those problems. Yes. Yes. Uh, But (laughs) the the article, the big headline for the Huffington Post is 10-inch Paku testicle-eating fish caught in pass... How do you pronounce that? Uh, Passac? Passaic. Passaic. Thank I'm you. from New Jersey. I can help. I, I, I knew you were. Passaic, New Jersey. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> testicle eating P- fish. Passaic, Passaic, <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> testicle eating fish. Um, because the, the reason they think it's a testicle eating fish is that a couple of weeks reported here on Fish Nerd. Um, there was a Swedish warning that a Paku was out in the water and that swimmers should beware because they suspect they might eat testicles because they eat fruit in the Amazon rainforest where they're from. Uh, specifically, it said nuts in the article. Oh, that's right. That was on CNN. <laughs> so. That's right. Thank, thanks for reminding me about that. They, yeah. they did say specifically nuts. That was nuts. their... Uh, yep. <laughs> justification so having to post is like okay it sounds good to me i and... uh, see i i think you got it wrong oh yeah i, I think the huffing post was listening to our podcast oh you're and probably right it's more likely us than cnn i i think you're probably right of course I'm, of course um so they they said uh at the third ward veterans memorial park in town according to the newspaper that had the photo of the fish somebody caught a paku and they have big teeth and they look horrifying, especially if you think they're they're. It says they've been known to mistake human testicles for tree nuts. See? And uh, yeah, see, it's <laughs> but they but they haven't really been. That's never happened. I know it's never like I I once caught a paku that had the nut still in its mouth. You know, like it this it's never ever happened ever. Now this completely never happened. Just a myth. Now, uh, well, the follow-up sentence here is two men in New Guinea reportedly died from blood loss after a Paku <laughs> chomped on their testicle. It didn't happen. 
it, something it, else happened to this. Something guys. else happened to those guys, and they don't want to tell anybody, and they chose death. <laughs> they chose to die rather than let their secret out. It wasn't That's the Kaku's fault. <laughs> it just never happened. That's such crap. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons why two men's testicles might get removed. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're like, no, no, it was the Paku. Think of all the money you can save on your vasectomy. <laughs> What's the copay? Paku. All right. <laughs> Well, you know, that's right. They have those fish pedicure stations where you stick your feet in. The fish eat the dead skin off your feet. Ah, uh, get the, the Paku pedicure special. Yes, so, exactly. While you're getting your feet cleaned, you get your... Never mind. Paku so vasectomy. Yeah, why not? Why, why not? not? Because you know, they won't do known. it. It just doesn't happen. Been known. Whenever you hear a story, it's been known. You know it's false. <laughs> you know they, they can't find the record. What they mean is someone once said... Some some guy said this to me. It was in the Darwin Award book. Must be true. Must be true. I heard it. Known. It's known. Yep. <laughs> so you know, you know they say. <laughs> so yeah, not true. Not true. Not true. So it's safe to uh, to swim naked in New Jersey. No, no, it's not. <laughs> There's a lot of other reasons not to do it, but the Paku are not to worry. So, other things will crunch your nuts, but it, not the Paku. <laughs> not the Paku. <laughs> so. All right. Next up is a story from across the big pond. Mm-hmm. The Nottingham Post <gasps> talked about, uh, ran a story that said volunteers rally round to rescue thousands of fish. It's a, it's a feel-good story. In Nottingham, right? In Nottingham, yes. But your very men went in the river. <laughs> <laughs> The sheriff was out there. Um, So thousands of fish were saved from death when volunteers waded into a canal, which had run dangerously low in the dry weather. And then Robin Hood shows up and bow fishes them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Stink. We'll save them. I got them. (laughs) Let's give them to the poor. Let them eat. Uh, a walker first spotted fish gasping for oxygen in the section of the canal uh, near a park on Sunday afternoon. So that was on the 22nd. This story is on the 24th. She began phoning the authorities, which led to around 20 local people springing into action. I love the idea of the authorities. <laughs> of like, who are the authorities? I just happen to have in my cell phone the carp authority number. So. Well, everybody has the Sheriff of Nottingham's number. Right. I mean, so everybody knows he's the authority. Um, well, I guess, mem- in, I guess in Nottingham, calling the, fir- calling the sheriff just revolves around you yelling, Hey, sheriff! <laughs> I think so. Come, come look at this. <laughs> uh, members of the angling club were among those who spent hours ferrying the fish to a nearby lake. Uh, retired... Co- so they took all these carp... And they put it, it in this lake. So now they've in, put an invasive species into a lake. And they, yeah, but they love their carp. Don't, don't they diss do their carp, carp over there in, in England. It's a good bet that lake had carp already in it. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And they, they love the carp. The, the fish included perch, carp, pike, and sticklebacks. Sticklebacks? Sticklebacks. They wow. saved sticklebacks. And it was a four-hour effort. Sounds like fun. <laughs> it does sound like fun, you know, scooping up fish. Yeah. Uh, one person was quoted saying, "I was just carrying buckets backwards and forwards." Yeah. And that that's that's riveting. That's the best quote they can come up with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> 
All right. All right. Backwards and maybe, forwards. Maybe sure. if you said that with an accent, it would uh, oh. be more impressive. Go ahead. <laughs> Put it on. I was, catch- I was carrying buckets backwards <laughs> and forwards. You sound a little Scottish. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Best I could do. It's really good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Well done. I had the carp. <laughs> the carp and the stickleback. Stickleback. <laughs> all right. Oh, good news. There you go. Wow. A feel good fish in the news story. Wow. All right. Good. Thank right. you for fish in the news. Yeah, but I, I love I, fish in the news. I like it. It's the first one in a while we didn't talk about nuts. <laughs> it was at least five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very good. Yeah, so why don't we bring this to a close? Yes. All right. Wrap it up. So, listen, if you'd like to support the Fish Nerds, that's us, do a few things. Like us on Facebook. Uh, go to iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast. Uh, comment on it. Leave us five-star rating. Remember, five stars is the only right answer. Four is bad. Five. Yeah, real bad. Uh, we want to thank you. Uh, thanks again to Nick for engineering our podcast. Uh, he also will be one of our new sponsors. He is a counselor for AscentCounselingNH.com. So AscentCounselingNH.com. You can visit his website for more information. We'll have an ad on there next week. And, of course, Thrive Outdoor Products will also be a sponsor starting next week. So we will have some sponsorships. So thanks again. And that's FishNerds.com. 